How many of you know about uh, stage fright? You know what stage fright is? Uh, anyone here suffer from stage fright? Uh, okay, I see people here. Uh, you say, believe me, I'd rather be in the audience any day than to be up on a stage in front of people. Uh, Chuck Swindoll told about a young boy who was assigned to deliver the famous address by Patrick Henry. And it was going to be in front of the parents and the students and the faculty at school. And, and to say that this young man was frightened was an understatement. Uh, as he attempted to begin, his knees buckled, sweat began to appear on his upper lip, uh, his mouth became dry, his throat tightened. I mean, he was having a classic case of stage fright. And apparently, remembering a recent study in health class, he began and he got up and says, Give me puberty or give me death. And you know what? He died on that stage that day uh, when he realized what he had said. Uh, This past week, I also heard about another little boy who crawled in bed with his parents. He snuggled up to both of them in the center of that warm bed. And sensing a teachable moment, uh, the parents said to him, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. But he said these words, I know, but I can't keep my mind off my thoughts. I can't keep my mind off my thoughts. There's some truth in his words, aren't there? Sometimes we just can't keep our mind off our thoughts. And our thoughts can very easily become filled with fear. One psychological study revealed that 95%, 95% of the things we fear, they never happen. Think about that. 95% of the things that we fear never come to pass. But that doesn't stop them from being in our thoughts. It doesn't stop them from invading our lives and even paralyzing our lives if we're not careful. And then you compound the, the things that we used to be concerned about and be fearful about, and you add our current situation on top of that, and all that's going on in our world, and all that's going on in our nation, I think it's fair to say that there are a lot of people who are living in fear. They're afraid. They're really afraid. And uh, they're just fretful and fearful and anxious. But I just want to remind you, that type of fear does not come from the Lord. In fact, we're not going to actually take this as our verse uh, to memorize, but it's a great verse. It's one you ought to write down the reference. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It's a great verse, and we could camp out there a little bit, but we have another verse in mind today. And as you know right now, we started two weeks ago, And then, of course, we went back online and we're back in this series again. We started really working on filling our hearts and our minds with the Word of God. We're studying verses together on Sunday. And I hope the verse that we studied last time, Jeremiah 33.3, Call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. I hope that's blessed you. It's helped you. I hope it's inspired your prayer life. I hope that you're really calling out upon the Lord, claiming that promise in your life. And um, today we're going to give you another verse. And we're going to encourage you again to memorize this verse. It's a little bit longer than the last one. uh, But to put it up around you, to write it on a card, to post it about you, to put it on your phone screen. And then as you read it over and go over it and talk to the Lord about it and meditate on it and pray about it, um, to live with it, uh, to let it transform you. 
I like what Robert J. Morgan said. He said, when you memorize a biblical text, you're putting frames around the verses and hanging them on the walls of your inner library. And so what I want to do today is I want to frame another verse that you need to know, especially in our current climate, especially in a world that can debilitate us with fear. And today we're focusing on a verse, you'll find it in Isaiah chapter 41. And I just have to say as a way of personal testimony uh, that this verse has become so meaningful to me in my life, especially over the last year or so. And uh, as I've dealt with various things over the last year or so, or, uh, you know, I'm not going to get specific as far as the time frame, but it's, it's been over a year plus, um, crying out to the Lord, praying to the Lord about matters. Uh, this is a verse that he gave me, a verse that he's used, a verse that he has reemphasized in my life. And I think it's a verse that you need to know. I think it's a verse that will help you. Um, and so I want to look at it together And it's Isaiah 41, verse 10. Isaiah 41, verse 10. And Isaiah 41, 10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, these words were originally written to God's chosen people, Israel. But they have so much to teach us today. They're so applicable in our lives today. They show us God's heart. They show us God's love and care for those who belong to Him. And when you begin really looking closely at Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10, you'll notice that the the focus is primarily upon God and what God is going to do. In it, He tells them to fear not and don't be dismayed. Uh, In other words, don't be afraid. Don't gaze around in anxiety. And then he goes on in the verse after telling them, don't fear, don't be dismayed, to talk about who he is and what he's going to do. Now, before we look at the verse and break it down and and analyze it together, let's talk about fear for just a moment. Um, Where did fear come from? Why is there fear in our world? Now, the fear I'm talking about today is not the reverential awe of God, because that's proper. We should be uh, fearful of God. We should be reverencing God and in awe of God. And I'm afraid we've lost that in much of our world today, even within the church. We've lost a fear of God. I'm not talking about that type of fear. I'm talking about fear as in anxiousness and dread, being apprehensive, being afraid, shivering, uh, being just, just, just terrified. Where does that type of fear come from? Well, we find its origins way back in the very beginning of mankind. It actually goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Uh, You'll remember these verses, I'm sure, many of you. But let me read to you Genesis 3, uh, verses 6 through 10. And you know, it's it's the fall of man. It says in Genesis 3, beginning at verse 6, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. And then it says in verse 7, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed thick leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. 
Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And verse 10 of Genesis 3 says, so he said, that is Adam speaking. I heard your voice in the garden. If you remember what it says next, it says, and I was afraid. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Sin brought about the type of fear that we struggle with so much. Because prior to the fall, prior to sin entering, there was nothing to fear because God had put them in a perfect place, perfect harmony, perfect relationship, perfect environment, perfect everything. And yet when sin entered the picture, fear came along with it. And, and they said, listen, I was afraid. I realized I was naked, I was undone, and I went and hid because I was afraid. You know, when we think about fear, fear is a God-given emotion. And fear in its proper place is good. I mean, there's things that we need to fear. I mean, if you're, if you're working on an electrical, uh, you know, a proper fear tells you, don't just stick your hand in the box, right? Make sure the breaker's off. Make sure the power's cut off. Why? Because you realize that you may meet God sooner than you planned on meeting God if you reach in there. You know, there's proper fear. And fear in its proper place is good. But when we begin to walk by fear rather than by faith, we are in trouble. June Hunt, who's a Christian counselor, has written much on the subject. She, she, lets us, she gives a little insight on, on really why we fear in the areas of our fear. Uh, she says fear is a natural human reaction to feeling threatened, uh, either physically or emotionally, in three areas. We feel threatened when it comes to love, significance, and security. Let me just walk you through this for a moment. So if you're afraid today, I want you to think about where this fear is centered. Some people today, they're, they're, they're fearful because their love from others is threatened. Their love from others is threatened. And so they walk around in fear saying, what if I mess up? What if I'm not talented enough? What if I don't fit in? What if I'm rejected? What if nobody will sit with me? What if nobody will talk with me? What if those people walk out on me? What if they give up on me? And so they're fearful because their love from others feels threatened. And so they're fearful about that. And then others, maybe even someone here today, uh, you're fearful because your need for significance is feeling threatened today. And so you say, what if I don't complete my goals? Uh, What if I mess up my life? What if I fail? What if I embarrass myself? What if I make a mess of things? Others are going to look at me and and realize that I'm just a miserable failure. And, And so they are threatened in their need for significance in their life. And then some, um, and I think this happens a lot, the, the need for security feels threatened. Because we want security. Um, and so they walk around, you know, what if I lose my job and I can't pay my bills? Uh, or uh, I lose my house because I can't pay the mortgage? What if I have an accident? What if one of my kids has an accident? What if I get cancer? What if I get a horrible diagnosis? Uh, what if I become disabled? And so that, that need for security, what if I don't have enough money? Uh, what if, you know, my car breaks down or whatever the case might be? And so that, that need for security feels threatened. And so we, we revert to fear. In other words, we become consumed with the what ifs of life. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if they do this? What if they don't do this? And so forth. And some of you actually are more worried and fearful now because I just went through that long list. And you have thought, well, I didn't think about that this morning. What if that does happen? 
And we can become paralyzed by fear. There's no shortage of things to be fearful about. I mean, you don't have to sit around long and say, well, I'm going to make a list of things that I can be fearful about. It won't take long to come up with a very long list. But the question is, how do we overcome those fears? How do we walk by faith and not by fear? One day, uh, Jim Harvey was traveling. He was on a plane to Sacramento. And a family of Russian immigrants uh, came in and sat across the aisle from him. And Jim's heart went out to them because they looked anxious. If you've ever flown, have you noticed that some people, they're not having a good time? And you can tell they're not having a good time. And I'll be honest with you, I've been on a plane before and I wasn't having a good time. That thing was going up and down, up and down, up and down. And I saw saw even the the stewardess went and buckled her seatbelt. And I thought, we're in trouble. But anyway, you know, they saw these Russian immigrants come and they were, they were, they looked anxious. And during the flight, Jim stood up and he got his Bible uh, out from the overhead uh, bin. And uh, seeing him, the Russian man did the same thing. And he got his Bible out. And, and both men, they lowered their tray tables and they opened their books. And, and Jim could tell by the way that the pages were laid out that, that man was actually had a Russian Bible. You know, he saw him get a book out, but then he realized, oh, that is a Bible. A Russian Bible. And motioning with his hand, Jim took the man's Bible and he was able to locate Isaiah 41.10. Though he didn't speak Russian, he could find the arrangements of the books and figure it out enough and realize, oh, the numbers are the same way as in my English Bible. And he gave it back to the man and showed him and the stranger read these words and the anxiety faded from his face. And he smiled. It was the promise that he needed for that moment in his life. And perhaps this is a promise that you need in your life this morning. You need this verse. We're going to look at it. So I want to look at it carefully. We won't spend a long time on it, I don't think. But very carefully this morning, let's look at this promise, this wonderful, wonderful promise from God's Word. Now notice God says here in Isaiah 41.10, He says, Fear not. Do not be dismayed. And then he goes and remind them and remind us why he could say, fear not. Why he could say, don't be dismayed. And he gives them uh, some information about himself and he gives them encouragement. Now, if you're going to memorize it, here's a little help to you. Notice, if you will, and I'll put it back up on the screen. Notice that there are two I am's. There are two I am's. In fact, they come first. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. So there are two I am's, and then there are three I wills. There are three I wills. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So as you're memorizing it this week, and of course you'll get it as you just keep reading it over and over again, but remember you have two I am's and three I wills. All right? So that'll be a help to you, I hope. He tells them not to be afraid. And he reminds them of some very important facts. He reminds them, first of all, if you'll notice in the verse, he reminds them of his presence. He reminds them of his presence in their life. He says, fear not. But he didn't stop there. He says, fear not, for I am with you. I'm still here. I'm with you. And then he goes on to say, be not dismayed. And then he says, for I am your God. I'm God. I'm your God. I'm right here with you. Hallelujah. Can I just remind you, beloved, that is true every moment of your life. God is right there with you. And you don't have to fear. I love how the message 
uh, translation or, or paraphrases this. Uh, Isaiah 41, 10 in the message says, I put it on the screen for you, don't panic. <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, there's no need to fear, for I'm your God. I'll, I'll give you strength. I'll help you. I'll hold you steady. I'll keep a firm grip on you. You know, God said these words to the people of Israel, but they remind us of the words that the Lord Jesus uh, gave in the Gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, remember what Jesus said? He said, and lo, I am with you. I'm with you. How long, Jesus? I'm with you always. Even to the end of the age. Amen. You see, our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to be fretful and panicked and worried and fearful. He wants those of us who know Him to have peace. To have His peace. Uh, Jesus said these words in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Remember we talked about the fact this fear, this, this anxiousness, this dread, this, this being terrified, it does not come from God. Um, he gives us peace instead. And by the way, we can only have the peace of God ruling in our hearts. We have peace with God. And we, we can only have peace with God if we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so until that's settled in your life, you're not going to have freedom from the anxiety and the fearfulness of life if you don't know Jesus Christ. In fact, you know, you're not really ready to live until you're ready to die. Until you know for certain that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. You've sinned, you've messed up, but God loved you, sent Christ to die for you, He shed His precious blood. And if you'll turn from your sin and place your faith in Him, He will save you. That's John 14, 27, where He says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. But if you back up in John 14, Jesus said these words. Verse 6, He says of John 14, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's the only way to heaven. And so that's the beginning point. You've got to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you don't know Him, come to Him today. But beloved, His presence in our life, it brings peace. His presence changes everything. Uh, His presence helps to alleviate fear. But notice, secondly, He reminds them of something else. Not only His presence, because it's one thing to have somebody with you, and and maybe you've had that in your own life, and and maybe you think about when you were little, and maybe uh, your are parent, maybe your dad or granddad or somebody you loved in your family, uh, maybe a, a grandmother or somebody, and, and maybe you were afraid, and just their presence with you changed things. But think about it. When, you, when God says, listen, don't fear, don't be fretful, He says, I'm with you. Well, praise the Lord for that. But, but really, how much can He help us when He goes on to say, say, tell us here? Notice not only does He mention His presence, He mentions His power. He goes on in Isaiah 41.10 to say, not only am I with you, he says, I will strengthen you. And then he goes on to say later on in the verse, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And let's just be honest about it. We need his strength, don't we? So many times we're fearful. Why? Because we realize we're weak. We're helpless. We feel vulnerable. And, and, And I just want to be honest with you. That's a good thing. Because we are weak and we are vulnerable and we're helpless. We read this morning in the opening or during the prayer time, remember, uh, uh, without me you can do nothing. 
And he says, listen, I understand where you are. I understand what you're going to understand these needs in your life. And I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to support you. I'm going to uphold you. I'm going to keep a firm grip on you. And how can it be good that we're weak? Remember what the scripture teaches when we're weak. Then we're strong. Why? Because we're not depending upon ourselves and, and our strength and our enablement. We're depending upon the Lord. And when we lean on His strength, instead of trying to muster up our own, uh, we can truly be strengthened and help. Here's what's interesting. You're, you're in Isaiah 41, I'm sure still. Drop down to verse... Now, He says those, those wonderful things in verse 10. Drop down to verse 13. Now, remember, He just says, I'll uphold you with my right hand. Uh, picture of power, authority, strength. And look at verse 13. For I, the Lord your God, will hold, what's it say? Your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. Boy, that's another good verse. He says, listen, I'm with you. My presence is with you. But I'm not just going to be with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to take you by the hand. I'm going to take your weak hand and my powerful hand and I'm going to help you. And I'm going to strengthen you. And I'm going to support you. So we find Isaiah 41.10 talks about his presence, talks about his power, and then thirdly it talks about his provision. I love the words in this verse where it says, Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will help you. We need his help, don't we? I, I need this help every day, uh, every hour, moment by moment, right? We sing that song. Uh, David Jeremiah ran across something he was sharing. He was talking about the neck of a guitar. We don't have any guitars. There'll be, up here, there'll be a guitar up here later. But think about a guitar for a moment. The neck of a guitar um, with steel strings. There's a tremendous amount of pressure on those strings. I remember uh, Gideon's guitar teacher. I overheard him talking about that one time. And the natural tendency is for a guitar neck to bend in on itself because of the tension, all the tension on those strings. And, and it'll stress an instrument over time. And, and he says, similarly, our natural tendency when faced with challenges and tensions is to fold in on ourselves. Uh, challenging situations make us mentally weary and physically exhausted in our frustration. We find ourselves spiraling into worry and fear and folding in on ourselves. But you know, if you notice, guitars, they don't do that. You know why? Well, the solution for a guitar is what they call a truss rod. There's a picture of a truss rod there on the screen. And it's a metal rod that runs the length of that guitar neck. And the truss rod that's there, it protects the guitar from being destroyed by the tension because the tension's still there and there's still all that weight pulling against it, but there's a truss rod there. And he says, when difficulties test and threaten our faith, we have a truss rod of our own. Our truss rod is Jesus Christ. He never changes. He remains sufficient for every problem. He remains strong and secure. And he concluded that devotional by saying, Jesus invites us to hand him all of the burdens and difficulties we're encountering. He's not threatened by the tensions that tower over us. Just as a truss rod allows a guitar to create music, listen, despite and because of the tension. Because without that tension, no music is going to come out of that guitar that's beautiful and lovely. But because of the tension, because of that truss rod, 
Beautiful music can be made because Christ promises to heal our brokenness, to carry our burdens, and give us a future and a hope. Now, I don't know what kind of tensions trying to make you fold in on yourself today, but I wanted to remind you this morning that you have a trust rod named Jesus Christ. And in the midst of the tension and the problems and the stresses, He remains solid and strong and steady. God says, listen, I will help you. I'm with you. I'll hold on to you. You have my provision. You have my protection. You have my help for whatever it is you're facing. You don't have to live cowering in fear. I'm with you. I love you. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll hold on to you. Hallelujah, beloved. Remember, beloved, we mentioned that we get fearful because certain things in our lives feel threatened. The love that we receive from others gets threatened. Our significance in life feels threatened. Our security in life feels threatened. We've got to understand something very important. All of those needs that we have for, for um, uh, love and significance and security, they're all met in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? We need love. He loves us perfectly. We need meaning and significance. He gives meaning and significance to our life. And we need security. And guess what? Jesus Christ gives us eternal, forever, complete security. It's all found in Jesus Christ. But I've got to remind you something before we close up shop today. This does not mean, though, that everything's going to turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out. It doesn't mean because He's with us and He strengthens us and He helps us that we're not going to have to experience pain and disappointment and sorrow because we do and we will. You see, this, this promise in Isaiah 41.10 is not a promise that everything's going to be sunshine and roses and health and wealth and prosperity and never a scratch because the reality is life is hard at times. Have you found that out? I mean, it's just downright hard. And there are days where we really feel like and we're going to just fold in on ourselves. The tension's too much. He says, no. That's why I gave you this promise. See, this, this promise is for the hard days. This promise is for those difficult days. Life is hard. Billy Graham shared this, and I'll close. He said, whenever I think of God's faithfulness in the midst of suffering, I'm reminded of my dear late friend, Corey Ten Boom. I don't know if you remember Corey Ten Boom, but she was a remarkable Dutch woman who, with her family, hid the Jews from the Nazis. After being in prison in the infamous concentration camp at Ravensbrück, Corey traveled the world telling her story of suffering and forgiveness and joy. And for 35 years, she never had a permanent house. When she reached the age of 85, she was in declining health, and some friends provided her with a lovely house in California. It was a luxury she never dreamed she would have and one she had never pursued on her own. Billy Graham said one day, Corey's friend, her friend, the late movie director James Collier, was visiting. And he said these words, Corey, hasn't God been good to you to give you this beautiful house? She replied firmly, and I quote, Jimmy, God was good when I was in Ravensbrook too. End quote. 
He concluded by saying, Billy Graham concluded by saying, most of us will never experience the horrors that Corey knew. But no matter what we face, we can depend on God's promise. Fear not, for I am with you. Corey understood that God was with her, whether she was in a concentration camp facing imminent death at any moment, or she was in a lovely house provided by friends in California because she could never escape God's presence. And so let me just be honest as we close today. I don't know what this week holds. I don't know what we're going to face today. I don't know what trouble's coming our way. But no matter what it is, I know we have this promise from God. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I'm your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Listen, frame that verse and hang it in the gallery of your mind and your heart. And it will help you to live by faith and not by fear. Father, we thank you for this wonderful promise. Thank you for your presence here with us and your continued presence in all circumstances. I pray that you'll help us to really take to heart this verse. To allow you just to, just to mold it into our life. That on our darkest, hardest day, we hold on to the truth that you're holding on to us. We love you today, Father. And we give you glory and praise for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. We want to close this morning by singing together. And again, please take uh, this verse with you. But as I thought about this verse and thought about all the wonderful things that God reveals about himself here, I thought we would close by singing the hymn, the beautiful song, Worthy of Worship. Would you stand with me and sing as we close? Thank you.